0: Hey yo, what's up? It's Big Thoughts. Um, this is Marcus. Um, I'm with Peter and Spencer. Uh, both of the boys are up in Minnesota. And what's up? How are you guys doing?
1: Doing great. Have a good week of uh,
0: football.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what though, not kind of a bullshit week for my fantasy team. Um, had Dak Prescott and in the second quarter, right, runs in for a touchdown. They mm-hmm. bring it back. Throws for a touchdown, they bring it back, and I lose by five points. And if you would have scored one of those, I would have won. So, I have a different for me.
1: I have a different story. Uh, Arizona Cardinals 49ers game, garbage, not garbage time. Um, Cardinals were looking to make a comeback, which they did. Uh, they throw it up there to DeAndre Hopkins for like what a 38 yard touchdown. Gets called down at the one. Then that beat me. I was losing by six at that point. Gets called back. <laughs> I have Kenyon Drake, who runs in for the one-yard touchdown. Oh, and you love I to see it. <laughs> I love to see it. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: I, I'm 2-1. and one. I'm in three leagues. I'm 2-1 and one this weekend. Um, in the two leagues that I won, uh, the two teams that I had to play both uh, ran out of players and had none playing Monday night, and I had Pittsburgh defense in both of them. So, got the dub with Pittsburgh defense. And in the league that I'm in with you, Spencer, I got absolutely shit-rocked. Yeah,
2: you got crushed. I was looking at the scores and I was like, wow, that's I like ha- typically what I get. So,
0: mm-hmm. I like I didn't even have that bad of a week, but yep. the dude I was playing absolutely murdered me. Yeah. Crazy. I'll tell
2: you what, in that league that's that's been my downfall the last probably 2 or 3 years. It seems like every week I have, you know, I score about 130 to 140 points. And the other team scores 170 to 200. And I'm like, how does everybody keep having the best week of their fantasy careers ever against me? But sometimes that's just the luck of the draw. Um, you have unreliable but, defense, Spencer. Apparently, yeah. They just can't they can't control the points virtual of the tempo. Defense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know ex- I I didn't even read the rules on the league that we're in together with. Uh shout out to Ted Snyder. I I believe he's probably our biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. Um in that league, what uh I don't know how the points are all set up, but Devontae Adams was, uh, was playing against me. And however it's set up, he absolutely murdered me. He had 44 fucking fantasy points.
1: It, it's yeah. probably full point, uh, full point PPR because I also it played is. against Devontae Adams.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean, that alone basically beat me. Like 44 points from one player. Are you kidding me? Right. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding this me? This is a Detroit. This is a Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> Remember that play, Peter? I don't. That was uh, Paul Allen, longtime Vikings broadcaster, after Brett Favre threw that uh, interception against the Saints.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> Could have ran a few more yards, but yeah. he threw that.
2: All
0: you right.
1: can run up the middle kick a field goal. <laughs>
0: all right. Uh, looking forward, how are we feeling about the crowd noise in the stadiums? I honestly
1: don't know how to feel about it. I feel like it doesn't phase the players at all. I cause so maybe it should be louder. Um, I remember watching the games and just, like, being able to, like, hear it, any adjustments at the line or at whatever, minimally, yeah. whatever players were saying. Yeah. No, I noticed that, too. Um, and actually, I commented
2: to my roommate. We were watching the Saints-Buccaneers game, and Drew Brees came up to the line and called his player, whatever, adjusted. And I was like, man, think about if we heard Peyton Manning, like, if he was still in the league, how crazy that would sound. Because, you know, he got up there and he'd adjust everything. Like, he was audible master, right? Like, without crowd noise, that would be insane to hear everything that he says. I mean, I, I know everything is disguised, but I got to imagine as, like, an NFL staff, like, you're going through and watching that film to try to pick something up, right? Like,
0: mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I think there's a art to it, too. The quarterbacks who have a really good hard count to begin with, when there's no crowd, that hard count it can be so much more effective because it's all you hear. Or, you know, like, that's the only thing you hear so I think we'll be able to watch for that, um, uh, especially on young defensive lines. I think you'll see quarterbacks expose them a lot with the quiet stadium. But mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. Um, Carson Wentz
2: could have done a little bit more of that. Washington's Washington's line was insane. I guess everybody yeah. knows that. But, I mean, they were, they were crazy, seven-and-a-half sacks or something. Put yeah. them in for a waiver
1: request.
0: I, yeah, I mean, Chase Young, uh, I guess, like – still kind of written off for whatever reason at the beginning of fantasy because I didn't see that defense picked up anywhere. And it's proven to be tough. He's a tough block.
2: Yeah. Uh, one interesting fact about the noise, we looked it up, and indeed a toilet flushing is louder than what the NFL fan noise is able to produce. And another thing is I think it's interesting how – all the teams have to follow the same guideline, which I guess makes sense because you want it centric, whatever. But like, think about Seattle, one of the toughest places to play. And all they're allowed to do is play 70 decibels. Whereas, you know, a normal game, sometimes with all the um, geographical or geological readers out there, you know, they'll, they'll pick up minor earthquakes from all the noise happening at that stadium. So kind of interesting that they can only do that, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think if I, I bet they'll get it up at least, at least a two toilets flushing. Like I bet they'll crank it up a little bit because like, I I know coaches were already complaining about that. Um, like, I think Vrabel had some words to say about it being too quiet and
2: Uh, he needed to put his mask on.
0: Well, that's another different
2: thing. Sorry, but
0: we'll, we'll get to that, I believe. But, uh, Let's move on to the NFC North. Uh, let's start off hot, put Peter um, on the hot stove. How are we feeling after week one against our boys?
1: You know, Vikings put together a really good drive that ended in a Delvin Cook uh, touchdown. I really like that. Um, but, yeah, I do, I'm not really confident with this season. Granted, there was no preseason. Um, we lost a few key pieces and it's week one. So it's like, there's not a lot of prep that goes behind that, right? but, um, Roger, I'm trying to decide if Rogers played well, or if we just played terrible. Um, and I want to lead, I want to lean towards Roger played. Well, uh, I watched the whole game. He looked pretty good in there. Um, and his, I'm now looking for at least on a fantasy football perspective at, um, the Packers wide receiving core. Think about picking up, um, Who's the guy with the really long name? Marquez Valding Scott, right? Valdez Scantling. Yeah. Valdez Scantling. Or uh Alan Lazard. I think they're looking pretty good for maybe like flex options. But yeah, yeah the Vikings. Um Kirk going. Kirk made some there was that one interception. Um he was going for Thielen. Do you remember that play?
0: You like well, that? How could I
1: forget? <sighs> he was I don't know, like maybe it was just like a even the announcer should have said it. Maybe it was just a really rare miss. Because if you look at uh, Cousins' stats, he's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, Thielen was coming back towards the ball, going towards the sideline. And obviously, you want to put it in a spot where only your receiver can get it. And he threw it inside on Thielen. Mm-hmm. So he had to stop his momentum. and kind of shift his body back. But then whoever the uh, cornerback there was there just to snag it right up. Um, uh- yes.
0: Uh, one thing that I'd like to say about the Packers, again, I still need a few weeks to be sold on them. Um, but if if Aaron Rodgers is truly on a, a, a revenge tour right now, I don't think that, like, pens well for the rest of the NFL. <laughs> like, I think people talked just enough shit about him, and I think Jordan Love was received internally very well. And I think him and LaFleur are even better together this year. That should be a really, really big warning for the league, in my opinion, because, like, Rodgers, to me, has nothing left to prove. He's just trying to win. So, Mm -hmm. we'll see. And Devontae Adams breaking a franchise record, or tying a franchise record of Don Hudson, I want to say, 14 catches. That's a good day. Um, I think – the two Vikings linebackers, the middle linebackers, Kendricks and Barr, yeah. mm-hmm. are the, potentially the two best linebacker middle linebackers in the league. Mm-hmm. So talented. But the cornerbacks on the Vikings combined going into that game only had nine starts between the two of them. Yeah. And they got exposed against a very good wide receiver and a very fast wide receiver.
2: Yeah, and um, an interesting thing, kind of going back to what you said, Peter, um, in the Saints and Buccaneers game, Tom Brady, that's what that pick six was. It sounds like mm-hmm. the exact same route, except the cornerback jumped it, read it, whatever, and he mm-hmm. threw it inside and he took it. And another thing if you don't think that Aaron Rodgers is a good football quarterback or that he's not on a revenge tour, the GOAT, then. You don't know anything about football, and I don't want you listening. There, I said it. So to the five people, <laughs> our version of, of Rick from Red Deer, if you don't like that, then get over it.
0: Um, hey, uh, look up some towns in uh, Wisconsin that we could find a good uh, <laughs> Like, – we'll find our Rick from Red Deer, a fictional person just to talk shit at every episode.
2: <laughs> I um, will. I'll, I'll do that. Quick, quick note on the Packers, 43, Vikings 34, just the score in case you missed it. Um, yeah. Also,
0: quick note on that as well. The, the Packers scored the most points of any team in the opening week of the NFL, so suck on that one, everyone who said the offense is bad. Yeah, the score shouldn't have even been that close. Feeling at a garbage-time touchdown with,
1: like, two minutes left in the game. Um which didn't help my fantasy team, let me tell you. Helped my fantasy team, let me I'm tell sure you. I'm sure it did, Pete. I love garbage time touchdowns. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not very optimistic. Oh, it's week one, weird season, no yep. preseason, coronavirus. Well, especially for the young guys, like you said, secondary or the cornerbacks. Nine starts um, between all of them, but we still have Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. That's right back there. So I feel like. We just need, and we have that linebacking core. We just need to put some more practice in, get a little bit more exposure um, on a NFL field during game time for those guys. I completely
2: agree with you. And one thing, again, with the Vikings defense is, you know, you do have such a young cornerbacking core where, you know, without a preseason it might take two or three weeks to kind of, you know, mash and get used to it, especially with um, the young rookie coming in and, like you said, you know, you have a veteran veteran leadership in the linebacker. Of course, Harrison Smith, the all-pro. One thing – another thing I want to ask you is, Justin Jefferson, did you want to see more of him? Or did you think that he played
1: enough in the game? Or what was – what are your thoughts on that one? I, so Vikings are historic – or Zimmer is a big run guy. Um, he wants to get the run game started and uh, open up the pass game. I think it was like at halftime, Kirk Cousins only threw the ball ten times. You know? um. So what I want to see is Kirk, I, I forgot how he ended, but he definitely started chucking it a little bit more, especially since we went down. Mm-hmm. But I want to see a little bit more. We paid Kirk and gave him an extension. To That's right, you did. Not, to not just hand the ball off, you know? I,
0: right? I I don't think Mike Zimmer trusts Kirk Cousins.
1: I feel like he doesn't either. Um and Kirk Cousin is cousins is very wonderbred. I thought Phillip Rivers was the whitest football ever, or football <laughs> player ever. But my God, <laughs> listening to like Mike, uh, Kirk Cousins is mic'd up. Yeah,
2: yeah. I wish. Uh, have you seen the video where him and Thielen are yelling at each other in the sidelines? That's it's oh, that's one of my favorite videos. That's so funny. I haven't. Oh, man, it's, I'll send it to you. But basically – actually, you know what? I'll put it on Twitter. Everybody can see it. So, Thielen, there. I don't know. He must have thrown a pick or something. It was last year sometime or maybe the year before. And Thielen is, like, on the sideline. He went, and then he, like, cuts and he's, like, doing all – it's so funny. Oh, yeah.
1: There's um, another clip of uh, Kirk. He got sacked. And he's just like, Frick. <laughs> and, like, walks back to the sideline and yells, frick, again. And I'm just, like, imagining a dad at a barbecue that actually burns, like, a few dogs, you know. <laughs> frick.
0: Um, so, how's your outlook now on the Viking season? Where do you see it going?
1: Eight Nate, eight, I think we're going to be very mediocre. We're going to beat the teams that we need to. And I think we play NFC South this year, don't we? The NFC North does? Yes, because we yeah. play the Saints. We're going to beat the Saints because we'll always beat the Saints. I'm going on record for that. Yeah, I, you 2000- always
0: do. Yeah, but Stephon Diggs beats the Saints.
1: Hey, 2009 NFC Ch- – oh, is it 2008 or 2009? We will remember that. We have a chip on our shoulder. 2009. This isn't Detroit. This is the Super Bowl. <laughs> the, that 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 put a curse on the Saints for the next 20 years. Every time the Vikings beat the Saints in the postseason – we will beat them. Not a blowout. We will beat them in the final seconds of the game.
0: <laughs> um, okay, I so, sure
2: hope so for your sake, Peter.
1: I do too.
0: So <laughs> uh, moving on to the rest of the North, um, Bears played the Lions. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced at all on Trubisky. I think that uh, the uh, Lions secondary went and uh, had a little dumpster fire in the fourth quarter. Show that me th- defense, maybe. Show me three weeks of good bear football and I'll start talking about maybe they're all right. <laughs> I, well, I, I still don't trust them.
2: I, I think what sums that game up is there was a screen grab of the game with like two minutes left in the third quarter where the bears were kicking off to Detroit and it was 24 to 20 or whatever, or 24 to three. And it was the, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the video of the old guy where he's yeah where he, he's like, oh, oh, oh. He's like getting, like, mugged, and he has a fake heart attack, and he pulls out a gun. He's like, call an ambulance, but not for me. And yeah. it was like – so it was call an ambulance because it was 20 to 3, and then it was after Mitch Trubisky threw that touchdown with, like, 30 seconds left. He's like, not for me. So I think that sums it up pretty well.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, one thing that I'm kind of mad about, uh, TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. I
2: – Oh, and f
0: Yeah, I should have fucking put him in – Uh. I don't know. I, I'm definitely gonna play him in my flex next week. Uh Stafford is so consistent in the middle of the field that I uh, you mm-hmm. know, I trust a, it. A tight
2: and... end in the flex. How do you feel about that, Peter?
0: Oh,
1: wow. That's interesting. I he, mean, had, strategy.
0: Had, he had eighteen <laughs> points and I have Mark it, Andrews, so I mean
1: if if it keeps if he keeps playing well. I don't see why not. If he's going to get you the points, put him in that flex, you know.
0: Um, um, I, I think from that game as well, sorry. Uh, no, yeah, no problem. De- DeAndre Swift, all right, all right. Definitely saw glimpses of what we think he will be. Still has a lot to prove, though.
1: Yep. And that, I think – I I so he definitely should have caught that pass. Um, yeah. And I think he's just going to – I feel like he's just going to internalize that and just ball out. So we'll see.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that that drop pass really – I mean, that hurts, obviously. Um, But hopefully the locker room and whatever is just kind of like, yo, like shake it off. You know, you got more potential than that, and hopefully
1: that doesn't really – we're not making a postseason anyways. Have you seen our division? Yeah, exactly. That's true. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers just absolutely – Did you see what he did to the Vikings? The Vikings so <laughs> yeah.
0: You know
2: that he's not going to do – he's not going to not do that against the Lions.
0: Oh, Did, hey, you, did you see that? <laughs> hey, uh, one, one more thing I'll say about the Packers too that I feel like not enough people are talking about. Uh, Rashawn Gary had a very, very, very good game. He had three QB pressures and uh, – a sack, I think. Um, and for a guy that kind of had to step in you know, he was only going to get every three snaps maybe. Yeah. Um, he played very well. And I thought the, um, considering they lost an all pro and Kenny Clark, I thought that the Packers defense adjusted very well to that considering how good he is at, uh, you know, screwing up the middle of the field.
2: Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, Another interesting tidbit is Lane Taylor done for the year. So it'll be interesting to see how the Packers line adjusts to that. And then um, when Kamal Martin, former Gopher, comes back, how he'll be able to fit in. Because if the defense keeps playing like they did, and again, you know, if what Peter said is true and the Vikings aren't that good, but, you know, who's to say? Like you said, week one, a lot of things to work out still, no preseason. I just want to go
1: on record. I'm by no means a football guru. I had – High hopes for Marlon Mack coming into the season, and oh, he, me. Too. I just learned that he's made a paper mache. Um, out That's, for the season again. That yeah, sucks. Kelly's gone.
0: That's tough. Um, I thought John Taylor looked good though, especially mm-hmm. receiving.
1: Naheem Hines also had a decent game yep. too.
0: Yeah, um, that I feel like a little bit of that, and of course, two touchdowns is awesome. But I feel like uh, the fantasy people are overblowing that because. I, like I don't know. I don't see him getting two touchdowns every week. Mm-hmm. If he um, is, blow so your in way, that game, way
2: that. I already put I put my claim in for him because they said my sources on Indianapolis are saying that he's uh you know he's gonna be the goal line guy, which is interesting because I think Jonathan Taylor's bigger than him, but I don't know. I think Frank Reich is going to really still try to have a mix. I know Jonathan Taylor will be in the mix, and I know you're going to say, well, uh,
1: uh, 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 you ran for 2,000 yards with Wisconsin?
0: Well, no, no. I was, about to, I was about to add on as to why he's not the goal line guy. Then please do. Because uh, he has a little bit of a history of fumbling it in tight, up the middle runs.
2: There you go. Fumble, fumble the, tackles. the Fumblets from Madden 08. Colts <laughs> lost, by the way, 20 to – Twenty-seven to twenty to the Jaguars, so not a great week, and they lost Marlon Mack to a torn Achilles. Yeah, Arthur Minshew looked good.
0: Twenty yes, he did
1: 19 for twenty-three touchdowns.
0: Yeah, he uh, for that offense again. There, there was so many games that that went south so late that it leads me to say, like, so many of these teams that won still need to prove a lot to me for me to be like, mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, for sure. Um, or, you know. The Saints – Breeze didn't really play that well. Their defense was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think – I don't think Tom Brady will play that bad uh, again. That that I, I think there was a lot of miscommunication that led to a lot of things wrong. Um, we did predict the Saints by whatever, 7 to 10, I think. But uh, I, I was surprised at the lack of use of Michael Thomas, which kind of pissed me off. But Yep. Oh, yeah, Uh, me too, dude. (laughs) Like, even – I don't know if Gilmore was – or not Gilmore, Jesus, wrong team. I don't know who they had on him or what kind of defense they were running, but what do you have, three catches for 17 yards or something?
1: Something like that. He did not play well. And did you see that apparently he – well, he was walking on his own, um, but he had a high ankle sprain. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw an article – read the headline, did not read it, because, you know, I'm a big headline guy, um, that this injury could take a few weeks to heal, but he feels like he could put through it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see about that. I feel like the franchise is always a little skeptical about a literal potential all-time wide receiver trying to play through ankle sprains. I feel like ankles um, are injuries that are never that bad, but they never get better unless Mm -hmm. you really let them sit. So – We'll see how risky they want to get with that because that's, uh, uh, I mean, a literal all time player potentially that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're letting sit there. He got fucked out of the MVP last year, in my opinion, but.
2: Yeah. um, I really think kind of going off of that game, Saints win um, kind of in good fashion, but the one thing that stood out to me wasn't most of the play, but what (laughs) Coach Bruce Arian said about. Tom Brady yeah. where he was
1: like, Yeah, no, those picks were his fault. <laughs> hey I the first one, Mike Evans, uh he decelerated. I think Brady was looking for him to keep going. And then yeah.
0: that I, I, I think that uh yeah, I think it like I said, it was just miscommunication and and Brady will um I think him getting called out by Arians Uh, Arians has been that way as a coach his whole career. He's not afraid to say that about people to the media. And honestly, Bill Belichick has his own way. He's a private guy, but saying it to the media puts the people on the spot. And the great, great athletes and sport sports players around the world usually respond well to criticism. So I, I look for Tom Brady to have probably a big week next week. We're we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. Um. Sorry, Peter, I interrupted you. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, I was going to say that second interception. Um, yeah, that was definitely his fault. That was Tom Brady being a 40-year-old turd. <laughs> um, another
2: game I just want to touch on quickly is the Seahawks look really, really good. I mean, no oh, yeah. surprise there. But one thing that's interesting, you know, the whole offseason was let Russ cook and all that. You know, yeah. he looked awesome. Um, and Chris Carson, two touchdowns. That's the first time that – a wide receiver or running back or pass catcher, I guess, has had two touchdowns for the Seahawks in like ten years or what? something crazy like that. Yeah, seriously. I, I
0: I find that so hard to believe that a running back hasn't because, uh, what's his face, uh, Carroll is such a run-heavy pound the rock like established the run guy that. Right, um, but that
2: means he doesn't do swing passes and screens. So yeah,
0: um, I think. I still don't see Carroll letting uh Russ throw many more balls than he did this weekend. Mm-hmm. But I think if they could keep him around there, I mean he he'll be an outright runaway MVP candidate. If they let him stay with a little bit of a little bit of room to ball out, well, you know, let Russ cook. We'll see. He's fun to watch. Um and you know, Carroll as well as a good run game is known for a good defense always. So yep. Consistency—that's a measure Mm -hmm. of Russell Wilson, and that's a measure of Pete Carroll. That's right. I will will
1: say though, Chris Carson. um, Usually, when I am picking up running backs or looking at running backs, I like looking at the Mm -hmm. carries—the amount of carries I get. Um, Because you'd think that if a person has twenty carries or plus twenty plus carries, or somewhere around that, that they're the guy—the the primary back for them. Um, And like obviously the more touches you get The more opportunities you have to like maybe break Off for a big play or get In the end zone he only Chris Carson Only had six carries What that game yeah Seriously but he had uh, I think maybe Six receptions for um, Two touchdowns And then um, A couple yards as well
0: Um, Are there any more Football games we'd like to touch on
2: uh, two things quick. It was interesting to watch the Cowboys lose to the Rams and McCarthy pull his classic, what he does in Green Bay, where they're down by a score with, like, six minutes left and can't get the job done with two drives. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that made me laugh. And then another thing I touched on before, but so the NFL sent a memo, the NFL PA and was like, hey, we agreed to this season and everybody needs to have their fucking mask on because <laughs> Sean McVay literally had the entire – game like his mask down to his chin and like didn't have it on at all and it's like bro it's easy like <laughs> yeah so i thought it was interesting that the nfl pa stepped up and sent a memo to each team and saying if you're on the sideline you need to have your mask on like
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, as we're done also another thing touching on the Rony season is uh, uh, uh to do with the coronavirus the refs to review things are going back under the hood <laughs> they're going back under the hood to review shit. No Shut more up. ever left, no more of this Microsoft tablet bring me Let's back go. bring me back the uh, review station that gives you cancer from all the all the radiation it gives off.
1: I think um again, we could talk about is the 49 ers cardinals game Yep.
0: Tyler
1: looking good
0: yeah, I mean. Uh, just having DeAndre Hopkins out there just puts so much confidence in him, I feel like. Even if he's not throwing to him. It no- mm-hmm. he, know- he knows that the defense gonna, is going to pull towards him. Right. Um, we'll see. And then, you know, they have to play contain on him because he's not afraid to run. Well
2: but... oh, yeah. Well, he showed that in that game. He had a 30-yard scramble for a touchdown. I mean, that mm-hmm. was – that was crazy. And another small thing that might be overlooked is having, you know, Larry Fitzgerald isn't going to put up his numbers like he used to, but just having him and his presence there. I mean, there was a, they had to spike the ball and this might've been, I, the clock was running down. So I don't know exactly when it was, if it was the first half or maybe the second half, because I know the 49ers had it at the end, but some, I think it was Hopkins caught the ball, went down. And Fitzgerald literally picked the ball up, sprinted to the middle the field, set it down, and they had snapped it and, like, timed it quick. And, it, you know, that's something that you can't teach. Like, that's just how mm-hmm. he's always been and how he probably always will be or whatever. But I think that, that he'll really help Hopkins. Not that he hasn't reached the next level, but he can turn him into, like, a Randy Moss-type wide receiver. Like, yeah. Hopkins is elite right now, but turning him into, like, that, like, next, next level, you know. I well, think it'll be interesting to see how that offense homes the rest of the year.
0: One thing, too, um, a crazy stat about Larry Fitzgerald. It, I, he's got over 1,200 catches in his career, I believe, somewhere around there or north of that. And I believe he's got 90 tackles in his career and somewhere around that. He's got more tackles in his career as a wide receiver yeah. <laughs> than he does drops. Uh, I mean,
1: consistency.
0: You can, you can put any young wide receiver around him and he's at least going to teach him that. Um. <clears throat> I mean, that is crazy. That's one of the most underlooked stats, I feel like, in all of football. That is insane.
1: He's an absolute monster. Yeah. Um, NFL good boy award.
0: That's true. Um, do we see Kyler Murray keep this up? Do you think that that, uh, that the team around him, like the, uh, the linemen in front of him, are capable of uh, you know, letting him move around and stuff? I'm not sure with the the offensive line, but
1: I think the offensive pieces are there with DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds. He had a nice receiving touchdown too. Um, He's going to have a lot of opportunity to ball out. I agree.
2: Big time, uh, like you said, big time opportunity. And sometimes when your line falls apart, I mean, he's a speedy guy and he's like, a mobile quarterback. So that helps a lot. You know, he's not going to be trapped and bogged out of the pocket. He can, he can get to the outside, he can step up and then, you know, he can turn that into 10 to 15 yards anyways. So hopefully, I mean, I I'd like to see the Cardinals do well. I mean, I think they're, they have great uniforms and they're in Arizona. So obviously, you know, I like them, but the it'll be interesting to see, like you said, I, What'd you I,
0: say? the I, birds.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. right.
0: I'd like to see them back to like 2006 or 2008 level talent when they were like, you didn't want to play the Cardinals. I I don't know why it seemed like it was fun. Uh, I don't know. We can be done with the NFL for now. Uh, We'll, we'll move on to some hockey. Uh, My boy, my boy, Joe Pavelski uh, and the Dallas stars are going to the Stanley cup. Uh, They uh, beat Vegas Knights in a gentleman's sweep last night. In um, overtime, time, uh, they won while uh, there was a penalty going on. So they had a power play, which is absolutely devastating for uh, White Cloud, the Vegas uh, player who was in the box. He's a really young kid. Um, if you look at the video clip afterwards, Peter, I don't know if you can toss this into a little video clip. After you see Dallas score, um, this, this kid sitting in the box, I mean – you know, immediately face into the gloves. That's a devastating moment to be a young player um, in the conference finals and uh, take, a, take a stupid penalty um, in overtime against a talented Dallas team. Um, you know, we kind of talked about um, Dallas maybe having no chance against Tampa if it gets there. I don't know. They're playing, uh, like, inspiring hockey, I feel like. I feel like there's enough uh, old people and, like, junkyard dogs on that team that – I mean, they were down 2-zip in the the Western Conference Finals game last night, and in the middle of the third quarter they said, ah, okay, now we're going to play, and just absolutely took the game over. So if they can keep that kind of mentality, if they're down against whoever they play – that's scary. Guryanov is an absolute wild animal. <laughs> like that dude's a weirdo, but I don't know. What'd you think, Spence?
2: Um, I mean, to tell you the truth, I haven't watched a lot of hockey since my beloved Bruins got eliminated. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to see the stars move on. And I guess, you know, on second look, it does, maybe they're the team like the blues last year, where nobody really, you know, has them there. And then they, They get a hot goalie, and, you know, that's the one thing about NHL, that if you can get a hot goaltender, man, you're – you got a chance. And I think that's what – I can't think of his name, but I know – Q Dolbin. Yeah, I think he gives them – I think he gives them a shot every night when he's between the pipes, and obviously it helps that – Again, you know, Pavelski's there, he gives him a lot of experience being in the playoffs a lot. Same with Corey Perry. I think that guy gets overlooked. You know, he doesn't put up a lot of numbers in the stat sheet. He's a third line grinder, but he he's the dude, again, who can mix it up and he'll get in the dirty areas. And, you know, he might get a negative two for the night, but the score sheet doesn't really reflect how he plays or like kind of what his mentality and what he brings. I mean, he's been to a ton of playoffs with the Ducks back in the days. And even somebody like Jamie Benn, I mean, the stars are always like consistently right in the mix for playoffs. So he's, you know, he's got enough experience with that. And I mean, if Tyler Sagan gets hot, that's bad news. And, you know, the depth might not be there as far as like score sheet star power that Tampa has. And, you know, I'm assuming that they're going to eliminate the Islanders. I hope they don't, but it's not looking great for them. Um, But the stars, they kind of present a bad matchup just because they have those grinders. And if you get the lightning pissed off, I mean, they don't play well. Like, that's what the Blue Jackets did, you know. If you win that first game in the series, they get angry, and then if you can steal that second one, you're in, you're in the driver's seat, especially against that team because they're just they they get in their own heads and they get in their own way. It seems like a lot, and also their coach is a nerd.
0: So yeah, <laughs> um, another thing I'd like to say about uh, Dallas is Tyler Seguin, like you said, hasn't even he's not played bad. He's not like hurting that team, but he's not played anywhere near what what he's capable of I mean on any given year you can w- watch his name go in and out of the MVP race or you know potentially right um and if he gets hot watch out but one thing I'll say is their three defensemen Kiviranta, Haskinen, and Klingberg holy shit are they good at getting the puck in the zone and hopping in the rush they make so many opportunities um for that team in the four checking it's pretty fun to watch. Um, Heiskanen, I-, I think you'll watch win three Norris trophies in the next six years. I think he's an elite-level def- defenseman. He's really young. He's huge. Um, huge. Uh, but, <clears throat> I don't know. Like you said, Corey Perry's an absolute rat. Uh, he brings that level to that team. And then your captain and Jamie Benn, he's the biggest dude on the ice. He doesn't take shit from anyone, and he scores a bunch of goals. So, I don't and know. no
2: face shield on the bucket, so you
0: know he's bad. Yeah, he's a—he <laughs> looks like a literal lumberjack from the middle of the Canadian forest. Uh, uh, another thing I'd like to say: uh, congrats to Pavs on tying third all-time American playoff points record, and we will move on to Lightning Islanders. I don't see the Islanders winning tonight. I, um, What's the series
2: at? I believe, 3-1 Lightning right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I think it would take a pretty inspired performance from Barzell and Anders Lee uh, and a very, very, very good goaltending performance. I wouldn't be surprised tonight to see Tampa, since they can afford to probably drop a game here, be very aggressive on the forecheck. You always. Oh, really? Yeah, always see a defenseman up. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them north of 40 shots on goal, even if they're sloppy. Like, just get pucks to the net, anything.
2: They do that almost – it seemed like when they played the Bruins, I mean, that's what it was almost every game. And, honestly, they really they remind me of, like, the Bruins team from last year, where, you know, if they do – if the Stars want to play physical, they could maybe – again, they can get in their head and get them frustrated. I mean, shit, game seven of the Santa Cup final last year, you know, when you got a hot goalie, and it proved again last year – like they had 17 shots on goal in the first period and they couldn't get anything through. Like if Hudoven, if, if that's how you say it, can, yeah. can really like, again, we're assuming the Islanders are done, which I think they are, can stay hot and stay consistent. I see. I mean, the stars could push it to, you know, five, six, seven, maybe even, maybe they could sweep them. Who knows? That'd be awesome. But Peter, I wanted to ask you, do you know where Anders oh. Lee is from? Anders Lee, Minnesota. Okay, yep, that's right. Now which town? Eden. No, but close. Bloomington? (laughs) Burnsville. Edina. There you go. Nice. There you go. There you go. Nice. Former uh, Edina Hornet. Is
0: is Eden Prairie right next to all those towns? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I I was going to say, does it start with an E? Because uh, Eden Prairie is a big hockey town up in Minnesota too, isn't it? I believe so, yeah.
2: Yes. Um. You got, your, uh, you got your Edinas, and then, you know, that's my team that I root for. Yeah. this pisses everybody off. And it, You're it, a Hornets fan. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Um, um, and, yeah, Blaine, yeah. that's another big one.
0: Um, one thing I think that uh, will be interesting and something that can be taken into account, um, assuming that the Islanders don't come back from this 3-1 um, deficit, this will be the first time in a long time. I feel like we'll have two fresh teams for the Stanley cup final. Like they'll both be on pretty short series before, you know, maybe a gentleman sweep, two gentlemen sweeps. Um, I don't know. It it should be interesting. Um, I think if you're the stars, you hope and pray, it doesn't go to seven actually, because with the mojo and the way that they're buzzing around right now, I don't think that you even want that rest. I don't think that you even want to hope that the other team gets tired in seven games. I'd say just bring it on. Let's go try and beat me.
2: I agree. And I think the interesting thing about that is, um, you know, everybody wrote them off pretty much in that Vegas series and said, you know, they're done, whatever. But I mean, maybe they're the, they're the darling of the bubble. You know, they're the Cinderella where they they go to the ball and they're like, Hey, come hit fucker. Like, yeah, they're team of destiny, Denver nuggets. Um, You know,
0: you know, like when I think about the players on that team, like uh, Tyler Sagan with the P flare, we don't have to explain that. If you know it, you know it. Um, you talk about Pavelski or, you know, all the stories you hear about him in the locker room and like on golf trips and shit, they're like all just a bunch of like, like crazy guys. I bet inside that bubble right now with that team, they're probably having a blast. Oh or, yeah. Know, we kind of talked about it on Saturday. Um, like, you know, they're going to the Stanley Cup. I guarantee you they crushed a zillion beers last night.
2: Yeah, I was going to say best best pregame or best locker room list in the league. Um, Red Bull, win the game, beers.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. I think if the – you know, we can leave it at, at that for now. I think they present a tough challenge if they don't have to watch the other game go to game seven. Um, another thing they'll have an advantage of tonight they'll be able to watch that game in-house yep. so that that changes scouting too um you know you take into account that there's no travel obviously in the bubble now so i don't know we'll see i think they present a very big task for who whoever has to play them next
1: peter any thoughts <laughs> on the hockey Yes. I like it a lot. I am from Minnesota. I love hockey.
0: <laughs> um, one more thing. I uh, just have to give a shout out to hopefully our guests for next week. Uh, we'll redo his interview. Uh, Tony Granato, the Badger hockey coach, Olympic hockey coach was inducted into the USA Hockey Hall of Fame last night. Um, that That's a pretty impressive feat um I I was texting with him last night kind of give him shit I'm like like weird it's kind of it's kind of weird to walk in the glory of a hall of famer he's like you should stop saying that
2: (laughs) I park my car in the driveway and let it snow on it so I keep myself humble (laughs) hey I mean that's that's my favorite quote that is
0: one thing (laughs) I'll let him hopefully explain it next week but we were talking to him he's like like yeah do you uh i'm like we're coming into the back of the coal center to watch a practice or something and uh I'm like tony why is there snow on your car like you played in the nhl for 13 years well let me
2: back let me back you up first it started with mark johnson because we were like does that guy drive you know he's basically like pretty much when you think usa hockey it's him and like especially with like growing the women's game and all he's done for like the ncaa and the ncaa women's like college hockey it's like okay this dude you know he's got to have like a decent car right you know that's what you'd think and so we go coach like what do you think what does mark johnson drive he goes oh you see that uh what was it a jeep wrangler like a
0: shitty rusted
2: out white jeep wrangler like an old jeep wrangler from like the 90s you see that jeep or there like yeah it's like that's what he drives we're like are you serious he goes yeah he doesn't really care he just shows up you know dude basically just eats, sleeps and breathes hockey and like his family and like that's all he does (laughs) like and then so marcus asked him and you can continue now, but you got to have that set up in there.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm like, uh, I'm like, coach, what I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm not like, not trying to talk about money. But like, you look at his career, you know what he's done. I'm like, why are you parking outside? Like, why is there snow on your car? He goes, well, every day when I get up in the winter, I like to keep myself humble and wipe the snow off my car and get in a cold <laughs> car and drive to work. Best quote of all time. There, yeah, that's there's, great. <laughs> there's something to be said about uh, uh, old, old, longtime hockey players. They're mm-hmm. they're a different breed. Um, it's enough hockey for this week. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to break down the first game or two of the Stanley Cup Finals by the time next episode rolls around. So that'll mm-hmm. be exciting. Um, MLB news. <laughs> Sorry. My my boy, on his 15th start, first complete oh, game yeah. of his career. Oh, boy. <laughs> threw a no-hitter against the goddamn Milwaukee Brewers. Suck on that, Brewers fans. You guys can eat my butt. Alex Mills looked like an absolute animal out Wait, there. Wait, what'd you call him? Alec Mills. Oh, I thought you said Alex. No, Alec Mills. Oh, um, about that one. one thing I'll say uh, – not just trying to ram it down whoever's ass. Um, He was a walk-on college player, undrafted, so that's pretty sweet. Um, Also, it is the only time in history that the White Sox and the Cubs have thrown a no-hitter in the same season, and they're the only two teams to do it this year. So that's kind of cool. I'll be curious to see if we get a late one, Um, you know, maybe some late-game heroics, pitchers trying to sneak into the playoffs for their team. We'll see. What do you think about it, fans?
2: Uh, I mean, it sucked. You never want to get no hit, but I mean, whatever. Cool story, I guess, about you know him being a college walk-on and everything. Um, not a not a great not a great look for the Brewers, but I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you can't you can't uh, make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. So this will just be that'll be a key crucial moment in the World Series film when they talk about you know this team really came together. They get no hit late in the season. And then they, you know, they storm back and kick the shit out of the Cardinals in the next five series that they play them in, and they make the playoffs. So, World Series film. I don't think it starts there, but I think that's a very key component of their story.
0: We'll see. I think uh, I think it all still depends on Yelly getting the getting the hot, getting the he, groove back. Perhaps, he, perhaps. he's. One thing that confuses me, he's starting to hit the ball a lot harder than he was at the beginning of the season, which is good, even if they are for outs. But the strikeouts this year is, like, at a whole different rate. I mean, he was, like, one of the best in the league last year at not striking out, and yeah. now and now it's really high. And what, what do you think that comes from? Is that confidence right now, just trying to make contact with anything? Mm,
2: for me, I, I do think, and I, I don't know if – other people will agree, but I really think that it does come down to still the whole spring training thing. I mean, if you look at a typical season, we're still really only in May if, if it's a normal schedule and everything. Um, and really, I mean, if you, if you say, let's say the first three games, and I understand that spring training is different intensity-wise, but the first three weeks of games is a spring training. So now we're really <clears throat> only in April still. It's a slow start, you, you know? I mean, I think that's kind of what it boils down to. I think you can see the same thing. I mean, Javier Baez, your shortstop, has always been aggressive in the zone. Everybody knows that. But this year, it's been, like, horrible. He has no control over no. it. And I think, again, that comes with spring training. Um, I and think... really just another thing that, especially with Baez, and I, J.D. Martinez is another example, is that you can't look at video during the games now because of the coronavirus. Like, they took that away – Cause it's confined space and they don't want people down there and whatever. And I think that affects hitters a lot because when you're used to seeing the film, I mean, Peter, you know, you've been there, you're reviewing a podcast or something or you're doing some digital editing and you, they take away what you're filming. You know, you can't look at the film
1: and form and everything. Exactly.
2: And so let's say, you know, you're like, okay, I'm used to seeing my swing. Okay. I broke down here. So I have to readjust. Well, now you can't see that and you kind of have to go off the, you know, the mind thing and that's gotta be a, a big difference.
0: Well, I think too, like you said about uh, Javi, is a person like him and just the way he plays baseball is a lot like a really aggressive three-point shooter. You can't really tell him to change his swing because you don't know what the negative effect could that like could bring right. with that. Um, a- at least him and Yelich alike, when they do get on base, their base running ability.
1: You Phenomenal. Know,
0: even if they're not getting hits not producing at what they would like to do they change the course of a ball game on defense and while base running yep so there's things to be said about that
2: no absolutely
0: um how are we feeling about some of these races I mean we're getting down to it two weeks we got two weeks left
2: yeah um well one thing I want to touch on Peter you're a Twins fan correct
0: Yes,
1: I love the Twins. I'm from Minnesota. I like the Twins.
2: So uh, my roommate is a huge White Sox fan, which is unfortunate. But last night they're playing the Twins, and Twins are down 3-1 to one in the ninth inning. Byron Buxton hits an, just a great hit. The ball gets stuck under the outfield wall. There's a padding, and, you know, there's, like, that little lip where the yeah. water, so, like, the groundskeepers can get under there. And the ball got stuck there. Even though, so Eloy Jimenez, the White Sox left fielder, throws yeah. his hands up, and Buxton kind of like stops around second. He's like, "Wait, like what the hell?" And nobody calls anything, so he just runs around and has it inside the park home run, which they almost throw him out on. But I think the controversy here is that Eloy literally just went down, reached down, and grabbed it, and it wasn't a home run, and they yeah. didn't win anyways, and it's not like they lost by one runner, whatever. They didn't the bases loaded, but I thought it. I thought it was interesting because that could play a huge part in mm-hmm. this series. That one game, the Twins were down one game <laughs> going into last night's game. They end up losing, so they're down two. Another interesting tidbit about the White Sox is that they're nine and one against the Royals and the Tigers. So to beat the shit out of teams that they're supposed to beat, which is yeah. what you want to do. But I think that's interesting because that's eighteen of their thirty-one now wins. So how does that match up when they play a team like the Athletics or the Rays? Or and, you know, or if they meet the Astros or the Twins in the
0: postseason, and I mean, they still have to play five games against the Cubs, and for for the teams um, in their, their you know their respective divisions, yeah, that's a huge series for the AL uh, Central and the NL Central. Yep, that's really could fuck a lot of things up. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, do you? Uh, do you think the White Sox run into any trouble against better teams on Detroit? <laughs> like. Are... I, I think they're very hit or miss. I,
2: you know, again, it's still MLB competition and, you know, they are, they're doing exactly what you need to do. They're dominating these games. They're beating them. Obviously they're 10 and one against these teams, but I think there's something to be said that if they run into, again, a team like the athletics or even the blue Jays, I I don't think the blue Jays are to the White Sox level by a, any means, but I think that you know if you do run into a team like that and you've been playing worse competition, it can play a role. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll win the World Series this year, and I'll look like an idiot. But I don't know. I think that that the AL Central come down to the last few games. I think for what it's worth, the NL Central, which. Overall, if you look at their numbers, doesn't look that great. But I think that, that second place will come down to the last few games. I mean, the Brewers put the Cardinals in five different series in the next two weeks. So it's yeah. going to be those two in a dogfight. Mm-hmm. And right. another thing, go for it.
0: Sorry. Right now, the just to put it in perspective for, like, what the NL Central will look like, the Cubs' magic number to clinch a playoff is, not, is eight. Eight games, however you want to look at it. Four wins and four Brewers' losses. Or, you know – However you want to look at that magic number to win it is 12. So they're, you know, they're hunting a number already. So that, and they have a pretty favorable schedule coming down the stretch, other than the White Sox. They're done with the Cardinals. And I think they only play the Brewers maybe two more games. Um, So that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, Do you know what the Twins' uh, schedule looks like remaining?
2: Uh, I don't. um, I mean – Stack guy Peter could look it up, maybe.
0: Stack guy Peter. Um, (laughs) While
2: he's doing that, the NL West, the Padres won last night, so they're a game and a half out of the Dodgers. I don't think anybody really, unless you're a baseball freak, saw the Padres contending for the division title. I mean, I think people thought they'd have a shot at a wild card, but they're going to make the playoffs. They're a great team to watch. Um, Thoughts on the Padres?
0: Um, My thoughts on the Padres are going into the season, there was all – there was all of like the outlook or like the uplook in the world at what their roster could bring batting and defensively mm-hmm. I mean that was could be great, like could be amazing or could be horrible you know I don't think there would have been any in between, <clears throat> so they've proven that they're as good as advertised batting at least um and I think what's really saved them and kind of came out of nowhere is their pitching staff has been pretty clutch. Uh, that Lamette, uh good left-handed starter. He's had a shitload of strikeouts this year. Um, Drew Pomerantz has kind of made a resurgence in the I bullpen. Can't believe. He's been good. Oh my God. He's been good. And I can't remember the name of their actual closer, but he's been pretty phenomenal too with a one or two run lead. Um, so uh, I don't know what their schedules look like, but I, I think right now the Padres are playing with their, uh, you know, with their balls dragging all over the diamond and, and that could be scary. So they're playing free, playing loose. The Dodgers are playing with just raw talent. I mean, not that there's not raw talent on the Padres. We're watching that unfold right in front of us, but the Dodgers are playing with proven already talent and they're proving it again. And their pitching staff, at least their starters, uh, Prove dominant in the regular season. But watch out for Clayton Kershaw in the postseason because he fucking sucks.
1: <laughs> um, Peter, did you find a twin schedule? I did. Twins play the White Sox three more games and they move on to the Cubs for three more games. Then they play the Tigers for two and finish off the uh, season with three games against the Reds.
2: So they have a favorable schedule, I would say. I mean, those those games against the White Sox, they have to win, I would say. They have to split with the Cubs, or if not, they have to at least steal a game in a three-game set, if that's what it is. Um, I think they make the playoffs. I see them there. Um, another interesting one to watch is the NL East. Uh, the Braves currently have a three – well, as of last night, had a three-and-a-half game lead over the Marlins, and the Phillies are right there, too. Um, The wild card in the NL is one Crazy. to keep an eye on four or four teams within two games of the second wild card spot. So a lot of things can happen. Um You know, we'll see kind of how that works out. But as far as the AL goes, I'll, I think that one's pretty much cut and dry decided unless the Mariners get really, really hot and Yankees or Cleveland kind of take a dump. But I mean, I, I, that's, that one's, I, I think the postseason is as as far as the eight teams go i think they're set the seeding will change a little bit depending on you know wins and losses but i i don't know i think we got a lot of interesting matchups a lot of tantalizing matchups
0: i i think uh i think the nl east is definitely one to watch i mm-hmm. still think even though the braves are solid the braves are really good like above like above solid they're a very good baseball team yeah uh, marlins what the fuck they're just playing ball they're just playing baby Yeah, I mean, they're just playing ball, and I think when they had that two-week kerfuffle that everyone wrote them (laughs) off, well, no, I mean, because they knew that they were going to be up against some adversity having to play all these games. Well, look at the Cardinals. Look at the Marlins. They're playing all these games, and they're winning. You know, they're winning these games. So, I don't know. I still think the Marlins or the Phillies could catch the Braves if um, everything works out right. Bryce Harper's starting to get hot. One thing to watch for for the Phillies, Uh, JT Riamuto got banged up, and he's a big part of the production. Um, Yep. Not only on that offense, but he's a very, very, very good defensive catcher. So that's one thing to watch. Can Philly get him back and, uh, you know, like fully back to himself? Um, Mets, uh, they've been winning a few games, but I don't think that they'll continue to get it done um you know it's wild that we're gonna watch maybe top five pitcher of all time go 500 in his career because he was on a shit team the whole time Jacob deGrom deserves so much better than the New York Mets but Steve Cohen is now the richest owner in the MLB I believe so um that'll be a good thing for the Mets I think
2: yeah I agree with that um one thing that was agreed to apparently is the MLB and the MLBPA agreed to a neutral site bubble plan for the postseason. So that'll be interesting to watch um, what they decide for that. I think, I mean, I don't think it really matters without any fans who cares. Um, uh, one other thing, and Peter, you might be able to jump in on this. Oh, we got a hand raised. So about better the go bu- to him. About yes, the student. bubble
0: things. I hate that. Why? I- <clears throat> Because the teams this whole, this whole uh, regular season have been playing with the advantage of their home park other than the Blue Jays. The Buff Jays, the best team in New York. So what bothers me about that is you look at, uh, say, just for example, because this is like the most uh, exaggerated one maybe, you look at what happens to Wrigley Field in late September, early oh, yeah. October. That, that stadium changes the ball game. I mean, or you know, either the wind's blowing ten out or ten in, and that that changes. Or you know, I don't, I like that advantage and disadvantage that teams have in in ballparks depending on the weather. So I, yeah, I understand that they don't want anyone to get sick, and the less travel, the better. I I fully understand that, so I, I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm No, not, I get gonna, that. Not going to sit here and bitch about it, but there'll be part of me that wants to see baseball, in the home parks, late, dark September nights, whatever.
2: That's fair. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, it sounds like they'll probably pick southern sites, obviously, because it'll be warmer. But, I mean, if the Dodgers – it's been thrown around the Astros, the Dodgers, and um, potentially the Marlins or Texas.
0: Texas Rangers. Will be
2: sites. Or the, you know, the Angels or the Padres. But I think, again, it'll be interesting to see how, if the Padres are selected, will they move their series to Houston? And will they move Houston to the Padres bubble? So they don't have, like, you know, they're actually playing in their home ballpark. See, I, I don't know if it'll matter. Because uh, it clearly didn't matter in hockey. But, you know, with baseball, it's not just a 100-foot rink. You know, it's everybody's got different things. I mean, you look at the Red Sox. or you look at the Yankees, let's be honest. The Yankees build their team to hit that short porch. Oh, yeah. And if they get that taken away, I mean, it's just – it's
0: A different game. Right. The the launch angle for a team that's built to push pop-ups out of the ballparks doesn't work well in big ballparks. That's um, right. One thing that I wish, I guess, and I don't know if I'm being selfish because of, like, where it's located.
2: Well, if it's about the Cubs, then yes.
0: No, no, not, not about that. But say – Say they win the Central, say the Twins or the White Sox win the Central Mm -hmm. for that. uh, And say that they're maybe winning their conference. Or, you know, like they're the true number one seed. We don't know that. We'll see. The Dodgers most likely or the Padres will be. But whatever. Why why isn't there going to be at least a beginning of a bubble at Miller Park? Why can't one of these series or a few of these series get played at Miller Park? Great stadium hitter's ballpark with the roof closed.
2: Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been announced yet officially, so we don't know the sites, but I guess that's a good point. I mean, it is closed. It's an enclosed stadium. Um, I, I don't know why they would do that unless they would say it's because Wisconsin is having like a tough outbreak right now, whatever. I'm not sure, but that's a, you bring up a good point with that. And it would be interesting to see that happen, you know, in a place that isn't out West or, in the yeah. South or whatever. But.
0: Well, and, and that too. So say the White Sox and the Cubs win the division. They're both of their divisions. That, uh, you know, they bust to Chicago already during the regular season. So if we're talking about reducing travel, they don't even have to fly. They don't have to go through right. the airport. So I don't know.
2: No, but, interesting, especially with the Twins too. I mean, the Twins will be in the playoffs. So you look at that, you could use – you could put the – maybe an AL East – I mean, if if everybody if it plays how it does, White Sox would play Cleveland, so that's close enough to Miller Park. The Rays would play the Yankees. They would maybe go to Florida. Athletics, mm-hmm. Astros, you keep them out west. Twins, Blue Jays, bring them to the Central. Dodgers, Giants, West. Braves, Phillies, potentially South. South Cubs, Cardinals, Miller Park, and then Padres, Marlins. Yeah, I don't. I guess we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting.
0: See, and that too. Like if it works out like how it's predicted right now. Yeah cubs Cardinals, are you kidding me? I wanna see that in Bush and fucking Wrigley Wrigley Field. Like I wanna see that game, you know. That yeah. makes a huge difference. Um that'll be enough MLB for now. Uh Sky on the NBA. Uh Oh yeah, we,
1: my wheelhouse.
0: Can yes. we talk Peter's
2: been Peter's been waiting <laughs> to speak last Tura-
0: t- hour? Toronto. Toronto, I'll tell you what that is. Oh, my God. How does it feel to be a Toronto sports fan right now and have Boston ruin your fucking life for literally the last 15 years?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. That's right. That's right. Um, Yeah.
0: uh, Peter, could we get another clip piped in here of the Rock talking shit about Toronto? Oh, of course. Um, I love Toronto,
1: though. Um,
0: uh, This clip uh, – we'll hear it but it's something i'll send it to you Um, like the way in
2: the rock johnson
0: yeah when he's on stage and he's like toronto do you know what this is i'll tell you what that is this is the jabroni beaten blah 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 blah." (laughs) and something he ends it blah 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 and toronto the maple leafs suck It's, it's pretty funny um Verbal meme. But, whole, yeah, we'll get that clip put in because that's just funny. But, Peter,
1: I'll will hear your thoughts. Yes. Um, what do you got to say? I think Toronto, they just had a tough series. They definitely could have taken it from the Celtics. They obviously went to game seven after being down, what, 2-0, opening the series. But down the stretch, you – especially in the playoffs, like you realize how much star power – how star power is so important. Obviously, the Celtics they have – Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, some like a pretty solid core of guys um, who demand a lot of attention on offense. And then you look over at Toronto and you don't really know who their go-to guy is. You want to say it's Lowry. Um, He's obviously like been a big part of their team for last year's season and this season, made a lot of big plays. But I don't know. I think Lowry does not have he doesn't have the size and skill set to be that number one option. So if you're looking at size, you think, oh, maybe it's Pascal Siakam. But he mm-hmm. is so, so inconsistent. When he's hot, he's great, you know? Yeah. But, like, I don't think he's very reliable. Um, he's not he, – he can't, like, take the ball and do it himself. Whenever – if you watch him play, whenever he goes left, that is just a 50-50 ball. He'll get, he'll get stripped. He'll lose a handle. Something will happen. Um, I think Toronto made it so far because there's such a good core of guys and they're mm-hmm. so well coached by Nick Nurse. But they need – Kawhi was really the guy who tied it all together. Um, and they need a guy like that, a star power. It's just a little bit of star power on that roster.
0: I, I don't know if the Spurs can make it happen or what. And I don't know if it's even possible with the way the contracts look. But I wouldn't be surprised to go uh, to see the Raptors try and go get the Rosen back. Him, him and Lowry, him and Lowry together with that one-two punch, they didn't need to be a number one. They were really good with each other, I thought. But I don't know. That's a far shot, probably. But um, Celtics, Raptor or Celtics? Who's he? Celtics? Eat eat. Celtics Heat game one tonight. Uh is is Jimmy gets buckets? Is he going to remain that hot? Um,
1: oh well i okay i don't think jimmy's ever been like obviously he's an all-star he's like physically gifted but i don't think he's ever been like the best shooter the best athlete or i think he even said this he's never been the best person on the court but he just has he's just he just wants to play he just wants to win um and if you look at jimmy he obviously came from the bulls to the timberwolves and then to the sixers he played a season for both the Sixers and the Timberwolves and then he left and there was a lot of rumors that he was just bad for a locker room like he mm-hmm. really found a home with the Miami Heat all those guys Tyler Hero, uh Bam um I'm forgetting a Goran Dragic. Mm-hmm. yeah they're all just they all just <laughs> Kelly Kelly oh especially Kelly oh, no, no, just kidding. um they all just put their heads down and they just want to play yep. um
0: well I'd, I think
1: that's what that's go ahead. That's what Jim that's what Jimmy was looking for. Just mm-hmm. a good fit. And I think he found a really good fit with my leadership
2: so. role. Oh yeah. Well I, he's I feel, always,
1: like, I feel like he's always had that leadership role. Like wherever he went, he just demands that. Um but he had problems in Minnesota, Wiggins not really wanting to practice that notorious Timberwolves practice. Um and <laughs> come pick me up. I'm scared. <laughs>
0: yeah, for real. He said I'll beat the whole team.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, I think he found he found the right mix. A group yeah. of young guys that just want to play a leadership role. And that team just has a mentality of just being docs.
0: I, I think I think this matchup is gonna be um like like what I'll say about the heat. They have a group of guys whose whole career they were told that they were not good enough to be where they are. Mm -hmm. That chisels a pretty hard chip into a lot of people's shoulders. Uh, Tyler Hero, uh, told he wouldn't play at Kentucky, starts, goes in the lottery draft, told he wouldn't be shit in the NBA. Well, he's got some Oh, wait, who
2: told him he wouldn't play at Kentucky? Badger fans.
0: Badger fans. Actually, I didn't, but Badger Nation definitely did. Yeah, I mean – He's a Wisconsin boy, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, yep. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, kind of the same, uh, two-star out of high school, uh, on, you know, mm-hmm. went to Marquette drafted, not that high. So. He went
1: to Juco first and then Marquette.
0: Yeah. So I Jay mean. Jake Crowder,
1: that, another guy who.
0: Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot. And then, so it's those guys with, who've been written off their whole life, their whole career so far versus the guys who should be good and were not so far written off other than maybe Marcus Smart.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Marcus Smart is. I love Marcus. He Smart.
0: is a monster, and he, like, based off of like now versus earlier in his career, he's embraced not being a ball hog and being a freak on defense. He's oh, great, yeah. great defense. I thought he should have been first team all defense. I think he, is, he, he was
1: all first team all defense.
0: Was he? I thought he was second yeah. team. Okay,
1: I know. I'm pretty sure it was first.
0: Well, Spencer, you're the Celtics guy.
1: Well, one thing that I have
2: to say about Marcus Smart is there was a meme that he was – it was like Marcus Smart guard, guarding Kyle Lowry and, like, he was right in his face, whatever, is on that last shot. And
0: Breaking news. Like,
2: yeah? What is it?
0: I'm getting there. Keep talking.
2: Um, So, he was guarding Kyle Lowry or whatever, and <laughs> – it was like Marcus Smart is what Patrick Beverly thinks
1: he is. <laughs> me I funny. mean, there's some truth uh, there. World Patrick
0: World be- Series will start October 20th, Globe Life Field in Arlington. Um, and went at no later than October 28th. So they're basically going to run those games right down, which is crazy. Um, When's it start? October 20th will be the start of the... I'll, I'm just going to read this whole article. So... Um, on Friday, that under the plan, which awaited the MLBPA's approval, the World Series would start October 20th at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, and would end no later than October 28th. Um, it would culminate uh, a month of playoff games that begins with the top four seeds in each league hosting all the games in a best-of-three wild card series. The four American League series would run September 29th, 30th, October 1st and the National League Series would play 30th, October 1st, and October 2nd. The highest remaining seed in the NL would play its division series in Arlington, which the next highest seed would face its opponent at Houston's Minute Maid Park. The top seed from the AL would be the home team at San Diego's Petco Park, while the other series would be held at Los Angeles' Dodger Stadium. AL Championship Series would take place in San Diego, NLCS in Arlington, Um uh, yeah, that's all we got. So, uh, that was a lot. I'm sorry, but. Oh, good. Jeez Louise. Uh, yeah, there we well, go. I, one there's, thing, one there's thing your I'll answer. break
2: down is, um, I like that they put the NL and AL teams in different, different ballparks. That's good. I think.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: back to the NBA. Marcus yeah. Smart was a, was a defensive first team, all NBA player. Um, and really, You know, with the whole Heat Heat Celtics thing, I it's going to be tough for the Heat to continue to be as consistent and as hot Mm -hmm. as they were from the three point line. I think that's going to play a huge part in this. I think Celtics are more consistent in the offense they run, and you saw Kemba Walker just like annihilate the Raptors until they Mm -hmm. switched to that box and one where they had somebody on him consistently. If the Heat can't shut him down, I don't, I don't think that that's going to be. Very, very good for them, considering yeah. that he looked like Kemba Walker from UConn when, like, when they first started playing the Raptors. I mean, if you really break down that series, it went seven, and, like, kudos to the Raptors for forcing that. But, I mean, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of the Vikings. The best yeah. moment they had of that whole series was a buzzer beater. And, like, if he misses that, and granted, great shot, he went in, whatever, clutch dean, everything. But if they miss that, they're down 3 Mm-hmm. And it's not even a series, you know, and obviously that's, you know, that's what, that's what everything hinges on. But I just, I don't, I don't know. And i you know, I'll be completely wrong and Heat will probably sweep them, but I just don't, I don't <laughs> see the heat winning. I just don't, I don't think they can keep this up. I think, yeah.
0: I think too, that uh, you know, Jimmy gets buckets is going to have to guard Jason Tatum. I assume, or, yeah. you know, more oh, yeah. than like, unless they put Jay Crowder on him, but I don't know if he's fast enough. I don't, I think that matchup, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler plays very good individual defense, but great team defense yep. when he personally doesn't have a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to ta- watch the Celtics put Jason Tatum out alone a lot to get Jimmy Butler away from the middle of the floor. Right. So Jason Tatum might not have the most points, or, you know, a very great statistical series, but watch for him on a lot of ISO mm-hmm. away from the bucket. I think, um, and let yep.
1: us let us not forget, Gordon Hayward's also going to be back for the series. That's right. I
0: I don't think he'll play as much as people think. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been looking sharp and looking like the team that they drafted two years ago is starting to
1: yeah take I, flight. There's going to be a ton of uh, terrible matchups for the Heat. I mm-hmm. think something really key, like you guys said, is Jimmy and the rest of the Heat crew being able to block down those crazy good perimeter players in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, he'll create so much. And then the second part of that is I think where the Heat have the advantage, I think Bam has to have a good game all up in the paint against Daniel Teese and the Celtics bigs. It's going to be an interesting series, but yeah, if I had to to predict the series right now, I'd probably say Celtics – in five or six um i'm excited nonetheless to see right jimmy ball out on the eastern conference stage
2: well and i'll i'll say this about the whole like what you said with the daniel teese thing and bam out of bio um you what the celtics need from teese is like good defense they don't need 20 points from him Mm -hmm. and i think with the heat they need everybody to have like games they can't have somebody. They can't have Tyler Hero go three for nine shooting and only have twelve points. They need him to have eighteen and five assists, and they need mm-hmm. Butler to have twenty and ten, and they need Gorondrojic to have fifteen, whatever. Like the Celtics, if Jason Tatum, you know, like you said, if he gets taken out to draw him away from like ISO, or whatever, in the corner, if he only has six to fifteen points, which I don't think is gonna happen, like that's not a big deal. It doesn't matter because they'll have Jalen Brown go off for 30 or they'll have Kemba have 25 or whoever, you know, and I just, I don't think the Heat have enough weapons. So I'm going to follow you with that prediction and say Celtics in six.
0: I think uh, like what you guys were saying about Teese, uh, uh, you know, saying that he doesn't need to have 20. uh, I think you look for him to have six or seven points and 10 boards and one or two blocks a game. That's Mm -hmm. what you need out of him. Uh, You know, the rest of the guys will find a way to produce, I imagine. And I don't see Tease really stepping on Adebayo's toes and really mm-hmm. throwing down a big game against him. is right. a really good defender. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, something,
1: something that I saw with the Raptors in the Raptors series as well is Tease. He gets good buckets in crucial moments, you know. Um, Raptors wing defenders will get tired. They'll throw up – or. The Celtics will throw up a shot. Teese will be right there with the, for the rebound and put it right back up. Or somebody creates, drives baseline, drives towards the paint, uh, pulls center off of a Teese, and then Teese gets an easy two-point bucket. As long as you like, it's not it's not much. It's like very very like old-school basketball, I would say, like scoring around the uh, basket. But it's it's enough um, to put it's enough to put a beating on an opposing team's oh. roster, I would say. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Um... As Prediction? I, I got Celtics in...
1: Celtics in three. They're going to call the series off.
0: <laughs> uh, geez, I don't know. I really like what we just talked about makes me want to say in five or six as well. But uh, look at what the Heat did to the Bucks. I know Giannis, Giannis got hurt, but I'm going Celtics in seven. I, I think they have... I think they have three games where it's it's like not not bad, but like just nothing goes in, and not mm-hmm. not because of bad opportunities or a bad game. Just I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a seven game series coming, sure. and we will find out. Now I believe game seven tonight tonight, tonight yep, yes. right Nuggets for Clippers. Nuggets Clippers. Oh boy! Uh, if the Clippers lose tonight, is there trouble in paradise?
1: Yes, um, I think if you're if, if you're a Bucks fan, you want the Nuggets to win because obviously the Heat um, upset, totally upset the uh, the Bucks um, in the second round of the playoffs. Giannis got hurt. Let's not forget he got hurt in the fourth game um, before People
0: halftime. People say that he wasn't healthy that whole series potentially, and he sure. just was playing.
1: Yeah, I think it was either in Game Three or Game Two he tweaked up his ankle, and then Game Four he finished it off and had to sit out the rest of the game. I will give you that. Um, but I think what the Nuggets have is what the Bucks really should go for. If you guys didn't see, there was a little bit of media buzz with um, the Milwaukee Bucks because Giannis unfollowed all of his uh, all of his teammates. And yes, his team. <laughs> I call I call on Marcus raising his hand. Okay,
0: so um because i i I deep dove i deep dove into it um went in he um every year he unfollows everyone but his family um so he can focus on them since he put so that so that was like another headline because at first i saw it i'm like what the fuck he just said a week ago that he wants to say so i'm like what's happening here so i read into it and uh you know classic bucks twitter like the fan pages and shit, they all debunked it right away. So he, that's not a big deal. And the Bucks came out last night and said that they are willing to spend over the luxury tax this year and the next coming years to bring basically whoever Giannis wants in. So they're, well, they're going to
2: have to if they give him a supermax. Yes. But yeah.
0: So so they're about to bring in a piece. They basically said, mm-hmm. "Here's the money we have. You go pick who you want." <laughs> Essentially, like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, he. I saw, I saw that. Obviously, he was saying, "I want to stay. This is where I want to be." That's like moving teams is not in the cards right now. Um, and he wouldn't go back on that after saying that a week before. Also, he just had, went on vacation. But before he went on vacation, he had like a three-hour lunch with the Bucks GM slash owner. I forgot who. And I'm they're they're just talking basketball for three straight hours. Who to bring in? How to bring him in? So yeah, I think Buck are. Giannis is going to stay, um, and the media is just looking for something to talk about. So when he unfollowed everybody, they were like, uh, send out all these articles. Yeah. I'm really interested to see who they bring in. Um, Chris Middleton is uh, great, but – need... They'll keep him. Mm-hmm. He's your three. He's not your – you need a big guy like Giannis um, that will just dominate uh, near the basket, but then you need a guy – that can get his own shot, like with the Nuggets, uh, To segue to the Nuggets. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, those are two great players that demand a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray can take the ball himself and find his shot and open up opportunities for a lot of other players.
0: Yeah, I think I think the Bucks where they go this offseason, I see Eric Bledsoe being gone in, mm-hmm. an, in an attempt to get a big player, um, I see probably one of the Lopez brothers gone. I, I don't, I don't know if they'll go away with Brooke because Brooke has now made his best two career years in Milwaukee. So you'd think that you'd think you'd want to keep him around. Um, I think DiVincenzo will be a guy that'll be shopped around with blood. Mm-hmm. uh, he definitely brings an element to the table. A reason they might keep him is because mm-hmm. he's, he's cheap right now His contract won't, won't cost anything. So he's a guy you could probably keep around, but there's going to be some tough decisions to be had, uh, you know, in Milwaukee. Uh, yeah. A lot, lot of tough conversations because I think this team does like playing together and I think mm-hmm. they are good together, but Giannis needs a killer. He needs a yeah. killer to play, oh, yeah. play a guard or point guard. Let's finish Nuggets Clippers. Yes. I don't,
1: I don't I don't think you can predict what's gonna happen because game the the Nuggets have they were down three one last series, now they're down three one again. And they're like that kid that in the third quarter of game five, they were down sixteen, they came back and won. In the third quarter of game six, they were down nineteen, they came back and won. They're that kid that Turns in their assignments, like they'll start a paper before midnight <laughs> and turn it in right away. Yeah. And then just get an A on the paper. <laughs> um, yeah, for real. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. I, and with that said, I don't think, I, I can't, I don't feel comfortable giving a prediction for the game. I do. Because you don't know if, like, if the D- Nuggets are just going to lock in, take this momentum. Yes. Yeah. The Team Clippers. Of yeah, the Clippers, the Nuggets have nothing to lose, I would say. Oh, obviously, yeah. that's dumb to say because, like, if they get eliminated, they're they're out of the playoffs. But it's like they they're they're showing that they're a great team. And the Clippers were supposed to just roll over them the series after, especially after taking a three one lead. Um, so it's gonna be super interesting to watch. Kawhi is obviously a killer. Paul George, one of the the probably the best two way player in the game.
0: But, but then, but yeah, but but. We'll see who shows up tonight, if playoff B shows up tonight or if regular Paul George shows up because, uh, I don't know, he's been rather inconsistent uh, in Mm -hmm. between playoff performances as well. So you can continue, but I got the Nuggets winning by five. I'm going for it.
1: Do it. I I like the call. Um, Yeah, it's really weird. The Clippers go on really, really long scoreless streaks. And that blows my mind because they have guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, I think they only scored 25 points. Sheesh. Like, when the – no, they only scored 25 points. And, like, when the Clippers or the Nuggets started to come back, they are outscored, like, 40-something to 25. So, they got absolutely demolished. Um, it's going to be an exciting series. I think Jokic is – Jokic and Jamal Murray. It's going to rest on them trading a lot of opportunities like in the last few games for uh, all their uh, all the players around them for Michael Porter Jr. for Gary Harris. Um, yep. And yeah, actually, that's all I have.
0: We we need. <laughs> I know you said you don't want to call a prediction, but we need one. We're, uh, we'll uh, we need one for old takes exposed. I think
1: the clippers are going to dial in and they're going to win by
0: 10 plus holy shit you just talked up jamal murray and michael porter junior and jokic so much yeah that is I, not what i was expecting I know, you to predict. You,
1: you can't go 3 games straight blow you, i don't think the clippers i think the clippers are going to have to just walk in um, they had they dropped two games but i think Kwai has that mentality where he says stand forget about it go out there and play and I think Paul George is there as well. So, Clippers eight. I'll take it back. Clippers eight. Clippers by eight. Well,
0: Spencer, you're writing all these down, aren't you?
1: Oh
2: yeah. Uh, so,
0: <laughs> the I mean, thing like a
2: with tomorrow, hey, we'll see. Hey, we don't record for another week, probably. So, I mean, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be able to talk shit to you. But the thing with the Nuggets is they're playing with house money. You know, they're again, they're kind of like the heat. Nobody expects them to be here, so they can use that as motivation. And you know, they have really just dominated in the last you know last game they looked really good so we'll see um oh man I don't know I don't know what my prediction is I got to think about that for a second well because you make a great point for the Nuggets with Murray and Jokic and it sucks because I would like to see them continue plus they have cool jerseys but it's tough to go against the Clippers you know Mm -hmm. but you know I feel I like it I'm gonna go with the Nuggets Nuggets um, in a close
0: one. I'll put that. Nuggets in a close one? Yeah. Uh, like, like what does a close one mean? Like 10 to 15 or like minus 10? Like within 10 points?
2: Yeah, like probably like 5 to 10. Okay. Because he'll get free throws probably. I don't think it'll be a buzzer beater. But...
0: Um, all right. Uh, college football.
2: Well, one thing quick. Or, LeBron or... – or Russell Westbrook, I thought this was hilarious. Getting into it with Rajon Rondo's brother on the sidelines, I thought that was so funny. Um, I saw
1: that happen, but I don't know anything about it.
2: I don't really either. But it sounds like Rondo's brother was just talking mad shit, and Russ was like, "All right, like I'll talk back, whatever." And they were just yelling at each other, and you it was want- funny because people were like holding Russ back, and he's like, "Dude, like it's fine, like I'm not gonna go fight him. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna take care of it. Like don't worry about it."
0: You want to know what's funnier though? His brother is yeah. the bubble barber. He's the shop barber in the bubble. So, like, he's living – well, I mean, now it's over. But, like, he was living rent-free in Russ's head and cutting his hair the day before. <laughs> like, like That's I, hilarious. I don't know. I, like, well, let's talk about Houston quick, too. Mike D'Antoni said – Peace. I don't even care if you give me a contract. I'm out to fucking jam. And I think that's because Russell Westbrook is a head case. James Harden is also a head case. And, uh, yeah, they drafted and traded to get the smallest team in the league. And now you lose a good coach. So, big dumpster fire down in Houston right now. Oh, yeah. Um, NCAA football gang. Okay. Um, Obviously, the Big Ten, which is what our show was supposed to kind of be about, well, (laughs) most mostly about Big Ten football, basketball, and some, you know, hockey, and a few other sports tossed in there. But it sounds like October seventeenth, maybe, might be a date. They didn't vote. I don't trust. They didn't vote this last week.
1: Day after my birthday. That's right.
0: But. I don't know. Right now, it's all on Michigan. Michigan's AD and cha- uh, Chancellor is basically the only one, the way it sounds, that's saying not Wrong. a chance, not a cha- Okay, well, they shouldn't even be in the conference. So, send them back to the fucking ACC or Big East or. Hey, I'm a
1: big Rutgers fan.
2: Yeah, we are a Rutgers positive podcast. Um, if you don't support that, then you can go in the bathroom. I love
1: I love yeah. easy dubs on the schedule. Yeah, yeah me you- too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like Rutgers, you can go kick rocks. That's right. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, right I'm going to say
2: as far as that goes, I'm not going to trust anything until it's like lockdown. Heather Dinich from ESPN is like, yup, it's happening. Cause yeah. right now there's been so many conflicting reports and let me tell you as somebody who runs a major media account for a college, it's tough. You know, I'm hitting up my sources and they're like, dude, we don't know anything more than you. And they're just like, it sucks. Like,
0: <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, I don't know what the COVID situation is right now up in Minneapolis. I'm assuming it's much like every other big city where it's not that awesome. Um, it's not great, but right now you look at these big 10 schools, uh, Madison has three dorms right now where kids aren't allowed to leave for two weeks. Yeah. How in the world are? How in the world can we say or make it make sense that like we can play football while this is happening in mm-hmm. in college uh, or you know like towns like? Yeah. So the SEC is gonna do the SEC like they're their own breed. They do different football. things. But <laughs> love God and football. I, I love <laughs> I, 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 uh, I love football more than the, more than a lot of people, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. Well, so- I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's interesting how, and, you know, I put this kind of just in our talking points, there were, you know, a couple, a couple, two tree games that were already canceled and nobody talks about that, which, you know, again, whatever, however you, whatever your stance is on COVID that's fine, but I don't, and I get the argument, well, if they could have kids on college campuses and they should be able to play football. And yes, that makes sense. It doesn't make sense to cancel it and still have kids on campus. I understand that because you're putting them at risk too. But I don't know why this disease is all about, and you now it's turned a little, you know, science-y, but it's all about preventing risk. And if you can prevent that risk, then why would you take that? It, yeah. you, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I understand that there's a money thing, and, you know, you're taking kids kids years away from living out their dream of being a football player, but whatever. It gives us something to talk about, I guess. So, yeah. Dr. Kleinschmidt, MD.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I-
2: there you go. Dr. Kleinschmidt, paging Dr.
0: Kleinschmidt. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into my very strong stance on this. We'll leave it at that. But um, well, whatever they decide to do, I hope and I'm sure that they understand. But like, obviously, there's not as much money in college sports as there is in professional sports, especially right. private money, where all of this testing is coming from. So I feel like that's going to be a big contribution into if they can do this or not, how much money is all this testing every day or every two days going to cost us? Um,
2: Well, another thing kind of going off testing is, you know, a lot of these schools are research universities, especially in the big 10. I mean, you look at our, the research that our universities do like with cancer or with other, you know, like pretty big diseases. I mean, they, yeah, exactly. There's a lot, there's a lot of money that goes into it. And I think you could see that, they 'll use it they 'll use this as an opportunity to try to research the disease, and I think that that could be a way that they can positively spin it if they want to do it that way and from what it sounds like, a lot of it is like a lot of this is all based on testing. The big Ten didn't have tests available at the beginning, so they said we're going to cancel it whatever maybe they shouldn't have used the word cancel they're going to postpone it. who gives a shit? It might be coming back because they have new rapid response testing, and everything evolves you know it's all quick and everything but i I think it's interesting, and this was a point brought up by uh, a friend I know from Indiana who said, well, you have to look at all of these towns and how all this is affected by college football. And to me, like, I don't think that Minneapolis is going to be going to an economic shutdown because the Gophers aren't playing. <laughs> I, I don't think that Chicago because Northwestern. Champaign-Urbana, yes, you can make an argument from that. Bloomington, Indiana, perhaps. Columbus, Ohio, maybe. But if you look at Columbus, I mean, they have the Blue Jackets, like – these towns aren't going to go under because there isn't a college football season as much mm-hmm. as people want to make that a thing. And I do understand that there's a huge impact economically for Madison or happy Valley or like the littler towns of the conference. But at the same time, like what, Madison what, is in a make or break town because of the Badgers. I mean, everybody, right. you know that, right? Like, right.
0: And, and what I'll say is what, what amount of economical gain is worth all of these human lives. Right. So that's as deep as I'll get on here, yep. but that's yeah. definitely a question to be that people should think about. How much money is worth two hundred thousand Americans dead?
2: Sure, I <laughs> so will leave it at that. Yeah, I
1: mean, unless yeah. you have anything to say, Peter, but I do not.
0: This um, has been
1: Big Ten thoughts. MB. No, well, just <laughs> I'm wait. To all of us.
0: Just wait. Just wait. We're. Uh, oh, okay. We weren't wrapping it up. Uh, the Big Twelve. All the teams in the Big Twelve better. Well, Texas is on its way back. We'll see. But for the last, like, five-ish years, every tech or every Big 12 team should thank Oklahoma for staying relevant mm-hmm. because how many times do we have to watch Coastal Carolina <laughs> run all over a Big 12 team to open the season? Do you know how much money Kansas paid to play Oklahoma or Coastal Carolina these last two years? Probably, like, $2 million. A season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're $4 million for season opener losses against Coastal Carolina. That's a Mm -hmm. big L.
2: Mm. So kind of just getting into the games quick. UTSA, the Roadrunners, and Texas State. This is great. So Texas State comes down. They return a punt with like two minutes left to tie the game. The kicker misses it, misses the extra point in overtime. They have the opportunity to win it. The kicker misses the field goal. Yep. UTSA wins it.
0: Yep. By three. I, I saw that. And it was like a chip shot. It was not yep. like yeah. that far. Another um, one
2: interesting. My Campbell Camels, the, uh, the best logo, I think, in arguably college sports. 27-26, there's like no time left. They score a touchdown. The coach says, fuck it, we're going for two. And I was like, oh, let's go. Come on. And then they didn't convert it, which sucked. But that was a really good game to watch. Um, was that Texas against might be Georgia back? Southern? Yes, against Georgia Southern. 27-26, uh, Campbell lost. Uh,
0: how do you feel about Georgia Southern? What do you mean? Didn't you guys take a weird loss to them like two years ago?
2: I'm pretty sure we beat, them. No. we beat them last year. We yeah. should have lost, but they couldn't close. So.
0: Oh, maybe that's what it was.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh, you're good. We're clutch. Gophers Um, are clutch. Yeah, sorry about it.
0: So, a few games canceled that, um, I don't know. I mean, Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, weird game to cancel. Or, you know, like it's weird to see that that might not get played now. We'll see if they can make that up. Um,
2: They're supposed to. That's why the two bye weeks are, you know, worked into the schedule. But Virginia um, Tech, apparently they have like 40 cases on their team or something. So, that's why um, that one got canceled.
0: Now, what concerns me about the games that get canceled, right? BYU versus Army. So you have an institution that probably should have, like, oh, I don't know if it was because of BYU. As it why was I got, BYU, yes. Okay, I was going to say, if we couldn't even get Army to, to like, not test positive, cancel. a hell
2: of a time with everybody else.
0: <laughs> cancel the fucking season. I mean, I don't know. Um UTEP, uh, who'd they play? Texas. They got stomped. Oh, 59 Jesus to three. Christ. Holy balls. That, I just saw that. That's bad. Um, that's because uh, UTEP's best player that they've had in years is currently running amok in the NFC North. Oh, yeah. Who's he played for? The Packers. Uh, the Sorry, Packers. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got, boys. Uh, oh, one thing.
2: I think we should all pick an NCAA football team. So, to root for, so I'm going to pick two, but you can pick you can pick one or two or whatever until um, the Big Ten comes back.
0: Well, I don't like well, I I don't want to pick like teams that I think obviously could win it. Like we're just talking about teams to root for, not to win it. Or well, yeah,
2: I mean you don't you're not going to be like oh Clemson. Like I don't think you're going to pick them, but if you wanted to, you could, you know, theoretically.
0: Um, but I'm going to call you out for it. Yeah, I'm not going to pick Clemson because I don't like Trevor Lawrence. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I'm. I'm. Let's go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Okay. Um, strictly because their name is Gamecock.
2: <laughs> You're picking them. You don't want to pick anybody else.
0: Um, I'll pick them. And God damn. Yeah, uh, you say your two. Let me think about it. Peter, do you want to go before me,
2: or should I? You go. go. I, I'm thinking a little bit. Well first, obviously, I'm going to pick Florida. Gonna nice. chomp on. Gonna chomp on, and then you guys will love this.
0: We're back. Is that Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Sam Allinger is overrated.
2: That's fine, you can think that. But
0: I, we, I I do think Texas that.
2: makes a playoff this
1: year and Florida.
0: Um Peter who, for you. Peter, who you got?
1: Oh I don't even I don't watch a lot of college football, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. Maybe Notre Dame. Oh, oh.
0: yeah, that's Good. tough. Um uh. and
1: poof. I'm gonna pick one more team. I'll pick a team in the SEC. Let's go to Auburn since we stomped them. Oh man. That, yeah, that one, that Spencer, why tomorrow. didn't
0: you pick them? I don't, know. Um, so, I don't
2: know. I don't know. It just wasn't formal, I
0: guess. Ah, geez. Oh, duh. So, baby. so I'm going, uh, you know, South Carolina. So, Is it pandering to pick LSU and Coach O? I, mm,
2: I don't think so. All it's kind right. kind boring that you pick two teams in the same conference. So that's
0: yeah, question. okay, fuck it. I'm going uh, the Gamecocks and Coastal Carolina. They're my team. I like them. Coastal Carolina. Yep, Woo! riding with them.
2: Ooh, Arkansas State and their team to watch.
0: Yeah, they are not bad. They have a star whiteout. I can't think of his name. I think his last name is Pruitt. Maybe I'm completely off, but That's they have a, a tight
1: end. That's a tight end on the Titans, I know.
0: No, I know, but I think they have a whiteout um that is pretty impressive to maybe watch out for. But um that's all I got. Um, I believe by the time you're hearing this, uh, it'll be Thursday around noon. noon Central ish. time. Noonish. Um, nooner. Nooner. Do you boys got anything else? No. Thank you to all of our listeners,
1: especially our listeners from Japan. You give us a lot of support.
0: Do we have listeners from Japan?
1: No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, shit, we got we to gotta, we gotta make content
2: then for them. Like We got to talk about like, it's the Japanese Professional Baseball League. I, I,
0: uh, I was like, damn, that'd be, that would be quite the random reach. Our, like, 20 people that we know that always listen to it and Japan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the entire <laughs> island nation of Japan. Not just a few people. The whole country of Japan loves their podcast. <laughs> Could <Yeah>. you imagine? <laughs> like, you know how they
2: have, like, I, I just picture, I don't know why, like, have an entire stadium and then we're just on, like, the Jumbotron. Like, just talking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know how yeah. lit their, like, baseball games are where they have, like, cheers for every player and, like, everybody, like, gets into it. Like, just doing that, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, um, Shout-out to Alan from Antigo. I think that's going to be the guy instead of Rick from Red Deer.
0: Um, oh, yep, okay. Alan from Antigo. So hey, I, I, have have a get... cu- I have a quick message for Alan. Okay. You, you think your opinion matters, but it don't. <laughs> Fuck you, Alan.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, if All you're right. listening, Alan – punch your steering wheel a few more times kick rocks kick
0: rocks. Yeah, pounds, kick rocks uh that first sponsor and for peter and for myself that's big 10 thoughts big thoughts um enjoy some football and hopefully enjoy responsibly some, yeah enjoy responsibly you never know how crazy that shit can get mm-hmm.